You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is Welcome into the Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon joined by Chris Flum and we are coming to you right after the New York Giants loss to the Cleveland Browns 20-6 on Sunday night football. A performance that is honestly, frankly folks, a bit hard to truly take accurate takeaways from because on paper if you just look at the 20 to 6 total you look at the statistics it feels like a a sloppy game but when we take a look at it and we consider all of the circumstances and this isn't homerism this isn't saying like oh everything's still great even though they lost no this is just being realistic considering the circumstances of not having James Bradbury not having your offensive coordinator having to sub in Freddie Kitchens and then also not having your starting quarterback in Daniel Jones. It was a tough circumstance, and I would argue some of the drives that we saw, some of the defensive plays, Chris, this was actually not a bad game considering all the things that were going against the Giants. Yeah, this was kind of a... On one hand, this game never felt as close as a a two-touchdown deficit, or at least it didn't feel that close once the Browns scored their second touchdown. But on the other hand, the Black, the Giants didn't play badly. Yeah, they they were facing an uphill battle. They were facing a very prolific offense, an offense that had scored over a hundred points in the last three weeks, and a defense that was getting healthier. And they played about as well as could be expected on defense, especially considering they were missing their best player. And the offense didn't look bad. It's just that they could never capitalize on their opportunities once they got down to the goal line. Yeah, and I, I want to hit on what some of the things that we have to consider too. This Browns team the previous week scored over 40 points. This game only 20. The Giants defense was able to stand strong. And one thing that really stuck out to me, the run defense played their asses off. They played fantastic. Not a perfect game, but to hold one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL to exactly 100 yards. Some of those yards, I think maybe like 15 or so, were just garbage time yards. To do that for me is a pretty good achievement, but was then exposed is the lack of a pass rush. 
the Giants were, and we talked about this in the film show, the Giants were so committed to slowing down the run game, and they did such a good job of it that they weren't able to then counter when Cleveland countered by throwing the ball, by using those bootlegs that they really like to use, the play-action passing game that they really enjoy, not having James Bradbury open up some of those passing lanes a little bit more than I think they would have been. But on top of that, one quarterback hit, one sack, is not really that good of production. And I know that it's not an easy task when you're down your best corner, but we we saw again, and it's something that we talk about a lot in these quick-take shows, we saw again in the fullest form, this team is lacking a true pass rusher. And because they didn't have that guy, they weren't able to get after Baker Mayfield. Yeah, they, the Giants just don't have that speed in their defense, certainly in their front seven. The Browns make a fantastic use of their play action game. They don't just fake the handoff and throw. They do a bunch of things off of it. And it's very difficult for any defense to stop. I mean, the the Ravens have a really good defense and they still gave up over 40 points. The fact that the Giants just don't have that speed off the edge, they don't really have that speed anywhere in their front seven. It just shows up again and again when the defense needs to get off the field. They just don't have that guy with the shutout pitch to get the quarterback on the ground to force that error in crucial spots. And right now, that might be the biggest thing holding this defense back. I would argue if they had three sacks, four sacks in this game, some of the sack production we've seen, this would have been a different game. And they were facing against a very strong offensive line. Having to see Carter Coughlin, who hardworking guy, a a rookie that is going to develop into a strong depth piece, I believe, on this team. But to see him rushing Jedrick Wills does us no favors, and it frankly does the Giants' pass rush no favors, just because he's not going to be that dynamic of a pass rusher. He'll, He'll do his assignment. He can plug in and play when you need him to, but we know for a fact that his talent level is not that of an elite pass rusher. You also hinted on, Chris, that the, the the point total we see is not really indicative of how successful the offense was early on. Towards the end of the game, they were really starting to get stalled. But early on, they had a really strong first drive, no points because McGahee and Judge decided to call the most bizarre fake field goal that I've ever seen. Um, there were multiple fourth down attempts that just weren't successful So maybe if they were able to finish those drives, it would have been a closer game. We knew this was going to have to be a defensive battle, but because of some of the decision-making and the the willingness to be aggressive changed that outcome. Yeah, and I don't hate the decisions, although that the the, uh, attempted punter to center hookup, that's going to go down as maybe an all-time weird decision. It's probably one we'd be calling brilliant if it had worked, but the odds of that are kind of on the slim side, but I don't hate the Giants being aggressive. Uh, almost half of Colt McCoy's passes were more than ten yards down the field. You know, they if you compare that to last game with Daniel Jones against the Cardinals, he only attempted eight passes down more than ten yards down the field. Going back to against the Bengals, they only attempted nine nine passes. 10 yards or further down the field. You know, this game they attempted 15. So that's, they were almost twice as aggressive as normal going through the air. And I love that. It's just that it didn't work out for a few reasons. Right. It, it, 
I think also, again, we already mentioned here not having Jason Garrett calling the plays. And I have to give Freddie Kitchens props. I think he did a pretty good job considering the circumstance. But also, Colt McCoy, we understand the limitations. I don't know that this would be a completely different game for a fact if Daniel Jones was the starting quarterback. But I feel like that they would have scored more than six points. We've got two more takeaways that we want to hit from this game before we get to them, though. We're just going to take a really short break, and we will be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Chris, this is always something that I I like to say. I want to go back and watch the tape, and I want to see a little bit more of it before I can definitively give credit for this. But regardless, this is something that we've, we've brought up before. Andrew Thomas, great day. I thought that the circumstance of what he had to deal with facing off against Miles Garrett, and again, I want to go see on the tape how he actually did, but facing against a guy who at one point was leading in the NFL in sacks, to keep him at a half a sack, and that half a sack was recorded in garbage time, I thought that he did very very well the entirety of this game, albeit they said that Miles Garrett was still recovering from and having some lung issues after having COVID, but I think in any circumstance, you're slowing down a top five pass rusher. You deserve credit especially when you're a rookie. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think you could see that the respiratory issues, the lung issues from COVID were having an effect with Miles Garrett. He was huffing and puffing pretty early in the game. But COVID or none, Miles Garrett is just, he is a different kind of player. And for Thomas to hold up against him, a lot of the game, he was on an island. That is a good game for him. Now, The Browns did get close to Colt McCoy pretty frequently. He had to get rid of the ball, I think, maybe a little bit quicker than he wanted to. The Giants still gave him enough time and a clean enough pocket to move the ball, which is something they they did pretty well over the course of the game. Right, and I think that feeds into the two things we brought up in during the film show. We said that it was going to be a difficult task slowing down the run game, and it was going to be a difficult task dealing with this Browns defensive line. And they honestly checked both of those boxes. It's just that the Giants didn't step up in attacking the weaker aspects of of the Browns, uh, you know, identity as a team. So that obviously, I think, is the that's really I feel like Chris is the only way that we can make sense of this game is that they did exactly what they needed to do. They did exactly the the things that we talked about. Um, and I think that everybody agrees is what you need to do to slow down the Browns. They just weren't equipped to take advantage of the opportunities that were handed to them by slowing down their passing attack and also maybe throwing the ball and stretching the field a little bit if they could. Yeah, and also credit where it's due. Baker Baker Mayfield played a hell of a game. He looked like he was back at Oklahoma at some points during this game. Yes, the Giants played a lot of zone defense. The 
Browns receivers were pretty open for most of the game in most areas of the field, but there were also some throws where you just cannot defend them. Baker was threading needles. He was be he was being very aggressive, and when a pl- when a quarterback is playing with that much confidence and playing that well, it's tough to win a football game. One last thing I just want to hit on, Chris, and uh, and we're we're special teams guys here. You can call us special teams nerds if you want, and you can think we're corny for bringing this up. But, heck, when something happens in special teams and I take notice, I am going to bring it up on this podcast, Well, because, frankly, it's our podcast, and we get to talk about what we want to, and it's going to be special teams. But I have to give credit to Thomas McGahee and the decision to use sky kicks on kickoff. Now, I don't know if, and we didn't really explore special teams too much on tape, and I don't know if they were wary of kick returns coming from the Browns, but I really liked how they impacted the coverage and how they were also able to limit the kick return yardage where there were a couple times where it was right around the 20-yard line, which is fantastic. All the sky kick is, though, folks, is just kicking the ball up a lot higher and shorter than you typically do and trying to place it in a very specific spot. That specific spot was the 10-yard line outside the numbers, and that worked really well. Gano is clearly good at it, and I think that's something that they should continue to explore based on the success that they had this game. Yeah, and I think that might come back to their decision to be aggressive this game. Yeah, they... Those kicks obviously have risk because if you don't cover them well, well, then you leave yourself open to returns and potentially giving the offense great field position. But for the Giants, they did work out, which gave their defense really good field position. Again, it was an aggressive decision that didn't work out because the Browns were able to move the ball and I believe they had back-to-back 95-yard drives. This This is one thing the Giants should definitely look into continuing because in as much as it worked, it worked. (laughs) Right, right. It it worked something that maybe the typical fan is not really going to notice, but we both took note of it. We both messaged each other during the game and we very brief conversation. We just said we wanted to bring up and talk about it because something like that down the road, when you're playing a team, when you need a victory, Stuff like that can give you an edge, just five yards, 10 yards, if you can cover a kick really well, and you can also place the ball really, really well. We're going to go and and watch the tape on this, folks, and we're going to give you a little bit more than what we talked about as we're recording this right at midnight. Um, But when we get back to you Tuesday, stay tuned for that episode, our film breakdown show. Please go follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at RaptorMKII, and at BigBlueView. We'd also appreciate you hitting that subscribe button and leaving us a uh, a review. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating. Also head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. We'll talk to you on Tuesday, folks.